fasten your seatbelt. I am taking you for the ride of your life. I'm going to show you what this car can really do. Are you ready? I am ready. Hang on. Okay. Here we go. Hold on to your butts. Go get him, kid. It might be a tumor. It's not a tumor. Not a tumor at all. If you're going to ask me, so you can go ahead and ask me what you're going to ask me. And my natural response could be to get offended. Hey, want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. All right, all right, all right. You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. One movie each week. 30 years in the making. Hello and welcome again to the 30-something movie podcast. It's episode number 296, Joe versus the Volcano. Um, this time around, we are talking Joe versus the Volcano, Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan. Um, very, very quickly, spoiler alert, we spoil freely here, so be warned. Uh, iTunes reviews, if you have not left us an iTunes review, please do so. If you're enjoying what you're hearing, go on there, leave a five-star review. If you're not enjoying what you're hearing, please go on there, leave a five-star review, and then, I don't know, just go about your life and enjoy and be at peace and, and, and good journey. Good journey. journey. There you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> good journey. Um, visit our website, 30podcast.com. You can figure out all the different ways to interact with us on there, social media, voicemail line, all that other fun stuff. I've got with me this week Pat Kenigallo and Bo Warmbold. Gentlemen, how's it going? It's going good. There, John, how are you? I am doing all right. I am. Uh, we're, we're doing our recordings on Zoom, and now that everyone knows what Zoom is, we, we don't have to go into a whole huge amount of detail, but uh, I'm currently on the holodeck right now. I, I had cycled through a little bit for the, uh, I think as we were talking before we started recording, I, I had the hallway from The Shining. I had the Iron Throne from Game of Thrones. Um, I think I had the Jealous Girlfriend meme there for about five seconds. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and uh, but I'm currently on the holodeck, so now I can be anywhere I want to be. Mm-hmm. That's outstanding. Uh, Patrick, you are uh, you're in the bowling alley. I'm back with the dude bowling. Yeah. I've I've kind of gone around to. Um, it's not Chavez. You're good. No. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, exactly. And sometimes I feel that like this just kind of helps center my mood when I'm with these guys. You know, you're, just, you're, so, you're one of the gang. So exactly, exactly. You're the Jesus. <laughs> oh, a few more years we get to talk about that movie mm-hmm. uh, and Bo you are still residing at uh, Chateau Picard yeah it, uh, it suits me well I think you know, it's, it's yes very, it does it's a very comfortable looking place mm-hmm. you've got you've got a comfy room there you've got some you've got plenty of wine outside you know you got your awesome. dog a Romulan butler or two you know nothing there you wrong yeah there. there you go yeah here's the news all right well as we said this time around we are talking joe versus the volcano this actually starts off our comedy month for the month of may so because this is the beginning of the month first episode of the month we are going to jump into this month in 90 so um there are a few there are a few things going on in uh, may of 1990 but in terms of like births and deaths and even like sports um there was a lot of little stuff, so I didn't necessarily put everything in there, but we had some news things. We had some, uh, obviously put in like the top books, top movies, and top songs of the time. So uh, top news in May of 1990, on May 20th, the Hubble Space Telescope sends its first photographs from space. Hmm. 
Jeez. Okay. It's kind of cool. Uh, May 21st, the last episode of New Heart airs on CBS. Wow. May 29th, Boris Yeltsin is elected president of the Russian Republic. <laughs> and they lived happily ever after. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, top sports on May 22nd, Andre Dawson receives a record five intentional walks in one game. Jeez. May 29th, Ricky Henderson steals his record 893rd base, breaking Ty Cobb's record. And then as we get into kind of our top books, top movies, and top songs, top books for the month of May. On May 6th, it was September by Rosamund Pilcher. On the 13th and 20th, it was The Stand by Stephen King. And then on May 27th, it went back to September by Rosamund Pilcher. Top movies for this time on the May 6th and May 13th. Those weeks, it was Pretty Woman. On May 20th, it was Bird on a Wire. And on May 28th, it was Back to the Future Part 3. Top songs for this one, May 5th and May 7th. It was Nothing Compares to You by Sinead O'Connor. And on May 19th and May 26th, it was Vogue by Madonna. So that is the top stuff that was going on in May of 1990. Pat singing a little Vogue there? I am. There you go. I'm, I am. There you go. Getting your Vogue on. It's it's good good, good tunes, man. What can I say? It's a good tune. See, sometimes when I, we listen to the um, uh, the Surely Can't Be Serious podcast, and they do kind of their music comparison, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. there's sometimes there's sometimes where I was like, you know what, I I almost want to just like do an episode of like the music that came out in whatever year we're yeah, currently man. in. Like, what was some of the music of 1990? Because when I I've kind of in the past I've kind of criticized anything beyond the 80s in terms of music. It's like, you know, music stopped being good once it left the 80s. Um, but then there have been stretches of time where I'll go into like, ah, you know what, let me, let me pull up some 90s songs. and I'll just make like a 90s playlist. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a pretty good playlist. Yeah, there you go. Now, once I get past the 90s, nothing's good. But you know, 80s, you know, from, from early on, whatever decade you want to start off with, you know, 70s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. Once we hit 2000, it all, you know, falls off the rails. But right. you know, up to that point, everything's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. There's some so, there's some good tunes out there. There's there's some good '90s stuff. Good '90s stuff. All right. Well, I I don't think we have any other movie news. Like, there's not a whole lot of movie stuff going on since everything's shut down. We're all in quarantine and basically living in our own little panic rooms. Mm-hmm. Hashtag COVID nineteen. There we go. That's right, man. That's right. Kofefe nineteen. Um. So yeah. So I think maybe we'll just jump right into our movie this time around. Our movie is Joe versus the volcano. Came out uh, the 9th of March, 1990, rated PG with a runtime of one hour and 42 minutes, directed by John Patrick Shanley, who also did the movie Doubt, produced by Terry Schwartz, who did Sister Act and Beaches. Uh, Writer for this one was also the director, John Patrick Shanley, did Moonstruck, Doubt, and Congo, cinematography by Stephen Goldblatt, who did Outland, Lethal Weapon, and Batman Forever. Music was done by Georges Delarue, who died in 1992, and Peter Gordon. Delarue did Platoon and Twins. Gordon did The Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Budget was $25 million. Box office was $39.4 million. Uh, the Flick Metrics average review for Rotten Tomatoes IMDb Letterbox they give it a 56%, and Cinema Score gives it a C+. So not very good scores. That's a, that's a fairly low score for a Cinema Score. So we'll, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll get into maybe why here in just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Starring Tom Hanks as Joe. He was in Big, Forrest Gump, Saving Private Ryan, and Castaway. Which I, I kind of feel like this movie was like a little bit of a little bit of a preparation for Castaway. Yeah. Later on. Uh, Meg Ryan played three different characters in this movie. She was Dee Dee, Angelica, and Patricia. She was in When Harry, when Harry Met Sally, Sleepless in Seattle, and City of Angels. Lloyd Bridges, who died in 1998, played Graynamore. He was in Airplane and Hot Shots. 
Robert Stack died in 2003. He played Dr. Ellison. He was an airplane, Unsolved Mysteries, the creepiest television show ever. Um, and he was also a voice in the Transformers, the movie. Abe Vigoda, who died in 2016, played Chief of the Waponies. He was in the Godfather movies and Look Who's Talking. Dan Hedaya played Mr. Waturi. He was in The Usual Suspects, Clueless, and Mulholland Drive. Barry McGovern played Luggage Salesman. He was in Braveheart, Far and Away. Amanda Plummer played Dagmar. She was in The Fisher King and Pulp Fiction. And Ossie Davis, who died in 2005, played Marshall, the driver. He was in Bubba Hotep, The Client, and Grumpy Old Men. Here is the trailer, and we'll be back here in just a second. Once upon a time, in the middle of a deep, dark factory, an average Joe, Joe Banks, lived a very boring life. Good morning, Dee. Hi, Joe. What's with the shoe? Losing my soul. Yeah. Until one day, he found out his life was over. I'm not sick except for this terminal disease. That's right. You have some time left, Mr. Banks. Live it well. And that's... Joe Banks? ...when his adventure began. You and I might be able to help each other. I want to hire you to jump into a volcano. red carpet situation. It's wine, women, and song in the sweetest little paradise you ever saw. A real journey. Are you Joe Banks? Yeah. Warner Brothers presents... Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan, Joe, Joe, Joe Banks, in the story of a man, a mountain, and a miracle. Take me to the volcano! He's diving! He's jumping! He's leaving! Written and directed by John Patrick Shanley, the Academy Award-winning writer of Moonstruck. I love you. I love you, too. I've never been in love with anybody before, either. It's great. I am glad. But the timing stinks. I gotta go. Joe versus the Volcano. All right, we're back. Um, so our questions oftentimes come from the book Focus, The Art and Soul of Cinema by Tony Watkins, published in 2007. So let's actually, before we get into how does this movie make you feel, um, when was the first time you saw this movie? Many, many moons ago. I mean, I don't think we saw it in the theater. I think it was another one of those, oh, look, a Tom Hanks movie. Grab it off the shelves at Blockbuster and take it home kind of a thing. Uh, <clears throat> I saw it yesterday. Okay. <laughs> I, kind of, I kind of figured for some of us, this might have been the first time we would have seen it. It's, it's not one of the more well-known mm-hmm. Tom, Tom Hanks movies. So, Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, so given that, given the fact that I, I had seen this, I have not seen this since I probably watched it maybe the first time or the first couple of times. I feel like I remember seeing this a couple of times, um, not long after it would have come out, but then I haven't seen it since then. So this is probably my first time in, in like, I don't know, 20 plus ish years um, since I've seen this movie. And uh, so we've got Pat who saw it yesterday, Bo, you and I have seen it before, even though it may have been a while. So after watching this movie, kind of your initial one word or one short phrase reaction, how does this movie make you feel? I don't know if I have one short phrase. I'll go at the end. Okay. okay. <laughs> Bo, how does it make you feel? 
You know, it, it, <sighs> at peace. I'll just say entertained because there's there's a lot more that goes into that, but I'm, if I'm keeping it short, I are you not entertained? I was entertained. Pat, what do you got? Tom Hanks. <laughs> okay. All right. So thinking about those reactions, what is it that works about this movie for you? So Pat, Tom Hanks works for you. Oh, yeah. Is, is, is that the only reason this movie works for you? Here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to say, and I'm, gonna, I'm not going to, I'm not going to read it. So bear with me. And it's going to be all oh, Vasily. Moscow is not the problem, nor the whole Soviet Navy. I know their tactics. I've got the advantage. The problem is the Americans. We get the right sort. This will work. We get some buckaroo. Uh. That's what I'm going to say about this movie, John. Tom Hanks makes this movie. If you don't have Tom Hanks, I would probably be sitting here winding up the rage machine like I felt when we watched Crushed Velvet or Blue River or whatever the heck it was. And one of some one of those like weird movies that all the critics love that I'm just like, I just someone explain it. Like, I don't get it. Like what? This is just weird. I think Tom Hanks really just brings and I was I was kind of going off on just thinking about Tom Hanks. And my God, that guy's got chops. Now, I know I'm not saying anything that the world doesn't know, but it's like normally people fall into a okay, he's doing the Nick Cage thing. He's doing the Harrison Ford thing. He's doing the Russell Crowe thing. Tom Hanks thing is just he's good. And. I mean, he can, he brings a human, he makes all his characters real. Like even the really outlandish ones, you can kind of believe that, okay, that's kind of, yeah, I, I can buy that. Oh, you know, uh, when he played Captain Miller and Saving Private Ryan. Okay, I could see that, that, okay, spoilers. Saving Private Ryan. Okay, I could see him being a school teacher. He's bringing a real element to that. Big. Okay, that was kind of a crazy fairy tale kind of story. He brings in, he made that movie happen. And that's what I felt like in watching this is like that whole beginning thing. I got so many weird beats off of that opening thing. Like this feels like a weird movie. And in fact, I was, I was almost imagining like, what would like Nicolas Cage look like in this world? Like I was imagining different roles, but it was the way Tom Hanks played that, that he made it look good. And throughout the whole movie, all the zany stuff, it was like, okay, yeah, this is zany. He's making it seem zany. Okay, great. Like, Tom Hanks, I, I just can't say enough about him. I, that, here we go with the big Lebowski, man. That creep can roll. I mean, Tom <laughs> Hanks can roll. I'm, I'm going to bond out for another four hours about how awesome the guy is. It just, he can really make this happen. So, anyways, that's kind of what made it work is just watching him go to work. Made this movie work for me. Nice. All right, Bo, what worked for you? Um, I think Pat said it best. Tom Hanks was great. I think the the chemistry he has with Meg Ryan, which you see in all the movies that they are in together, um, the fact that she's able to, to transition from the different characters that she plays in this movie um, and maintain that chemistry is good. I think... I actually think a lot works, but I think it's the chemistry between the two of them. If I had to put my finger on it, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, what works with this movie is it has, it's an interesting little movie. (laughs) Um, It kind of, you know, it's a very different, it's a very different movie, you know, for the first, 
what should we say, first 15, 20 minutes or so of the movie. Yeah. It very much has, and, and I'm and I'm glad when I was watching the movie, I was like, you know what? I have not seen this movie since, gosh, I was probably 11, 12 years old. Um, and there are parts that I vividly remember about this movie, but um, you know, I have not seen it since then. So this, a lot of this is, is like I'm watching it for the first time. But as I'm watching it, I'm like, you know, this, this first 15, 20 or so minutes, it really reminds me a lot of the Terry Gilliam movie, Brazil. Mm -hmm. I was like, it's, you know, we did that one years ago on the podcast. It's, it's very much, you know, you got the, the drudgery of the work life and everything is in very muted colors. It's, it's a very gray. Um, it's the harsh lights in the office. It's even the people are, there's kind of a, there's like a, a, pronounced monotony to the people like all the oh, phone, totally. the phone conversations are all repeated but they're repeated for that purpose just to show you how boring and how pointless and how you know everything else this existence is right now and and i was even pointing it out as we were was watching this movie with the rest of the family so that the kids you know watch this one with us too and and i was pointing it out to nora we were kind of sitting together while we we're watching it and and i said did you i said did you notice the scenes where they were just at his office and then he goes as he starts to leave his office and go other places and and he starts to you know go a little bit more towards getting to this island things are starting to get more colorful like now that he's quit his job he's they go to this part where now you see a bunch of colorful uh windows in the city or you see neon signs and neon lights and it, we're starting to get a little bit of color here and there until you go through the rest of the movie and then he goes clothes shopping and, and all this other stuff. And then suddenly he gets to the Island and everything is just bursting with color. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's, it so very much reminded me of the visuals of Brazil or some of the other movies like that, where it's just kind of, it's almost to the, like the acting, the writing, the everything else, the visuals are almost to an absurd degree at the beginning. It's a very surreal kind of environment. And then, what's what's weird and kind of quirky about this movie is it almost very much switches pretty quickly from a weird surreal commentary into boom romantic comedy mm -hmm. and i was like and that was a little jarring watching it this time i was like whoa okay hold on <laughs> this is it's almost like two different movies so like i can see some of the criticism where people are like eh, this is not a this movie's a little off. Like there, there's some stuff that's wrong with this movie. That part of it I can kind of see because that was a, that was a little bit of a leap to it almost. We, I know we've said this before with some other movies. It almost seemed like it was directed by one person. And then like that person somehow was incapacitated and they had to hand it off to someone else. Mm -hmm. And then, then that second person didn't go back and fix anything from the first part of the movie. They just kind of continued on with their own personal style. Right. And, and that's very much how this movie felt. Now, what works for me in that is pat to what you said tom hanks um meg ryan you know meg ryan i, I i'll fully admit meg ryan in the 90s has always worked for me I, i've always enjoyed <laughs> every movie that she's yeah. been in in the 90s and um you know we'd watch those pretty regularly and so i yeah and and the fact that she then she pulls an eddie murphy and plays three different characters in mm -hmm. this movie um and and does it hilariously like very distinctive between the three of them um oh joe <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> and it's just i i think i think what works for me at the beginning is the absurd surreal part of it is like you know what i i actually like that you know artistically i like what they're doing here i like the look and feel of it um and then when it switches to the romantic comedy piece it's a little bit of a jump it's a little bit of a stretch but then for the rest of the movie i'm like no nope, i'm on board 
I'm okay. I'm good. Like that part was a little strange. That transition mm-hmm. was a little weird, but, um, but now I'm on board and the rest of it is just kind of, it's fun. Like it's not Oscar worthy. It's not an amazing movie. It's just kind of, it's kind of a fun movie. It's just kind yeah. of a, you know, if you're, if you're flipping through channels and you're like, oh, I haven't seen this movie in like 10 years, you'd probably watch it for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it's got some goofy, quirky things in it. And, and I think that's probably the value of this movie. It's not going to be one. I would be shocked if this was like anybody's, if this was anybody's list of like top 10 favorite movies ever. Um, mm-hmm. Although I did, when I was looking around a little bit, I did find that there was a reviewer on RogerEbert.com that did list this as his favorite movie of all time. Okay. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, okay. <laughs> I you know, I, I briefly read the article and they said, actually, they made the connection too. They, they were like, um, well, I really love the movie Brazil. And this movie has everything that Brazil has, but more comedy. And I love that. So that's why this is my favorite movie ever. I was like, oh, all right. Yeah. Hey, man. All more, right, then. To each their own. More power to you, but yeah. Yeah. So, so that's what, and that's why I said entertained because it's not the greatest movie that's ever been made, but you've got Tom Hanks, you've got Meg Ryan, you've got, this is the first movie with the two of them together and they're going to be in some great movies together, you know, going throughout the rest of the nineties. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just, I don't know. It's just, it's fun. It's got a fun little premise. It's um, you know, there's, there's not a whole lot of other movies that have like this kind of a story to them. So it's unique. It's interesting to think that the chemistry people saw in this movie might've inspired the fact that they're in so many movies together. Mm-hmm throughout the 90s yeah so what about you guys what, what else worked for you with this movie i think you had big name character actors playing great quick character roles like abe vagoda as the as the chief that's mm-hmm. awesome <laughs> it's stuff like that like these amazing character actors playing great little characters that don't have a whole lot of screen time, but they're awesome. You look at the supporting cast of this and you're like, wow. I can't not, remember who. That's not who, half bad. Who played the dad or the boss or her dad, you know, the one that hired him? Who was that? Was that? Um, it was Lloyd Bridges. Lloyd, Lloyd, Lloyd Bridges. Bridges. That's, I couldn't I mean, think that's, of his name. Like, yeah. That's what I That's mean. another like, one. Yeah. All of these, the supporting cast just is, you know, you go down this list, you're like, well, okay, I get why this movie could work because well no <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah you know? and even the um, way they they wrote like all the people were weird in it and it was all weird oh, yeah. everybody until, is weird except for him i mean he's weird and quirky but i mean it's with a normal guy and then his relationship with her it was like they made the two of them um they made the two of them normal so they really just well, like but isn't that like okay think about when you're sitting at home with your wife mm-hmm. and you're talking about your weeks and you're like gosh do you believe so and so and such and yeah. such yeah. You're always the normal one of your own story. That's right. That's <laughs> and right. That's exactly what we have here. This is Joe's story, so of course he's the normal one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I, I yeah, I, I would kind of going along what all you guys are saying. I mean, that's the stuff that worked for me too. It, yeah, it was, you know, the good luck. I forgot love. how much I I enjoyed this movie until I had to watch it again. Like John, I think you said it earlier. It's never top 10 it's not i'm gonna pick it up off a shelf and watch it i'm probably not even gonna stop on it if i'm clicking through tv because there's probably something else on and and but i'll t- man did i have fun <laughs> and I'll, I'll tell you that the the scene where they sang uh or where they where they put um good loving in there where yeah. they're all fishing 
I was that was like laugh out loud, yeah, like nice. And, and I would say that that song playing there was almost as powerful as, and you know what I'm going to say. So we're going to wait for spoilers because I don't want to give it away. Blue Moon in that werewolf movie, um, <laughs> where that that yeah yeah and i think i you know what it's it's late i think i screwed up how that spoiler thing if we need to re-edit that so we don't spoil stuff for our listeners just let me know yeah, we're good. um but uh yeah like that 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 had that song had just about as much punch there um as the other one did um that so- is the thing i love about late 80s early 90s i feel like the soundtracks back then were better mm-hmm. you know this the, they used the music so well to set the tone in this movie and like you said yep. the fishing scene was happy and fun and they played happy and fun the, yeah the the opening 16 tons mm-hmm. what do you get i mean that is setting the tone for this drudgery that you're about to witness mm-hmm. it's just so good <laughs> yeah no i agree with you I, and that's the stuff that worked for me you know and yeah the rest of it was, yeah, whatever. But uh, yeah, well, there's a lot of goofy in this movie. It is not, you know, we're not making a. This is not a high art film for sure. But again, <laughs> Tom Hanks makes it makes it enjoyable, you know. And and Meg Ryan. I mean, I don't want to just limit it to one. Yeah, one uh, of the, one of the things that I read about this movie was that there was an interview with the director and he said, you know, I intentionally wanted to make something that I felt like nobody had really done before. He said, I've, I've you know, I, I wanted, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and I think to him, he, he, his point was, look, I, I just want to kind of make something that I found beautiful and something that was different from what other people were doing and, and a different piece of writing. Um, I think I'm trying to remember if he wrote, Moonstruck. I, I believe he directed Moonstruck. I don't remember if he wrote it or not, um, but I think he was a playwright and and a, and a screenwriter, and you know fairly well known for it too. And and I think one of the things I remember reading in the article was he made a comment and he said, you know, this is not a movie that follows the traditional three act structure. You know, this mm-hmm. is more like a he he likened it to a piece of music. He said instead mm-hmm. this this has movements. It's not a three act structure. It's just it's got movements and it's not it's not your typical Hollywood movie. It doesn't follow the formula of your typical movie. It's like, I just, I wrote what I thought would be fun and I wrote what I thought would be visually beautiful. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's all I wanted to try to do. Like I, you know, I wasn't trying to, you know, win Oscars. He's like, I think he was like, I already won an Oscar with Moonstruck, but you know, I, I wasn't trying to do that. I was just trying to write what I thought would be fun and beautiful on the screen and, mm-hmm. you know, go from there and just do something that hopefully other people would enjoy. And Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of mission accomplished. It was, yeah. I, I enjoyed it, you know. Well, and it seems funny that I guess I guess critics of the time and and maybe afterwards too, but it seems like critics of the time just really, I, I think in a couple of different places this was almost voted like one of the worst movies of the year when it came out in 1990, and yeah. and I think it was maybe just in, in that cinema score score of a C plus I think it was that's pretty low for cinema score. Like most people when they leave the theater, most cinema score even for bad movies you're still in like the A or, or even like B range. B plus is usually pretty low for a cinema score because I feel like if you go to see the movie, you're probably going to walk out of there at least having enjoyed it a little bit um, to the point where, so you had expectations and you, mm-hmm. you know, you, even if it's not a great movie, 
you weren't forced to go. Like you were intentionally mm-hmm. going to that movie and, and that's when you were surveyed as you left the movie. So most times they still give it a fairly high score. This one, not so much. So I'm wondering if people went to the movie thinking I'm getting a clear cut, you know, uh, romantic comedy type movie. And then they got in there and, and the first half hour was, what is this? Mm-hmm. Like, this mm-hmm. is not the romantic comedy I was looking for. This is, and, and then, and then it makes that switch and they're like, Oh, okay. Well this, the beginning was weird, but this is okay. And I, and I wonder if it just threw people off because mm-hmm. it's not, I feel like it's not, it's not a movie that doesn't, it seems like it's not taking itself too seriously. Like mm-hmm. much like the director said, I think this movie is just like, Hey, guy thinks he's dying. So throw himself into a volcano. Cause what else are you going to do? Yeah. It's just kind of a fun movie. Yeah. You know? So Nope, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. So is there anything, and we've kind of we've kind of hinted on this a little bit, is there anything about this movie that does not work for you? So Pat, originally you said, you know, if Tom Hanks wasn't in this movie, you know, you'd be you'd just be you'd be like a race car in the red. So Yeah. I, what was it about this movie that was, you know, just raising your that, blood pressure? That, well, right at the beginning, all that quirkiness, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That that just doesn't do it for me. I mean, I hate to say it, but just kind of the weird it's just like, yeah, I'm, I'm not really seeing this guys. What's, what's going on. And it really wasn't till the movie started to normalize that I started to, you know, and I was trying to, okay, what if now, what if Tom Hanks wasn't here? Is it just Tom Hanks? And it was like, well, yeah, the, the limo driver, the clothes shopping thing, that was pretty cool. Um, okay. The one half sister, she was a little weird. So then I kind of fell back to, okay, this is odd, but then they got on the boat and then it was just kind of like, taking a trip on a boat. And like you said, it was romantic comedy and it was kind of fun and that was cool. And then all of a sudden, you know, you get into, you know, how the movie progresses and, you know, they're stranded on those, well, not the island, but they lashed his luggage together. Um, and that was a funny gag that the luggage kept coming back, you know, um, to save him. And uh, yeah, so I mean, I guess that's kind of what, what wouldn't have worked for me is just that opening thing. It probably would have taken me out of the movie. And again, I don't know with some of the other bits, I, I just, as I'm, as I'm reading through them, I, I just think Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan had that chemistry that just made it enjoyable to watch. I mean, you know, like a romantic comedy, usually it relies, I mean, I would imagine that kind of stuff relies pretty heavily on who you have playing the characters. And uh, so, yeah, did that, did that answer your question? Kind of the stuff that didn't work or what really relied on Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan? Yeah. Well, what about you? What didn't work for you in this one? You know, I don't often say a movie should be longer because um, usually I feel like you can tighten things up, but I feel like the way it, and, and Pat sort of alluded to this, the way it jumps from he's in this office, he's told he's dying, he gets approached by this guy. I think there could have been a little more time spent with the first sister. Um and maybe a little more building their relationship on the boat. Um, and maybe a little more time with the, with the, the Wapuni Wu too. Um, mm-hmm. Just a little more development in those places, I think is what it's missing. Like I didn't need any more in the office. I think they hit that really well. I get it. Um, I think a little more time with each sister and maybe even, I don't need as much time with the first sister, but I definitely wish I had more time building the, that relationship between the two of them. Mm-hmm. I feel like some of the, some of the beats hit a little too fast. Right. 
but all in all, no complaints. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, John? What were your... You know, I think my memories of this movie, and and again, I had not seen it since I was probably about 11 or 12 years old. Um, My memories of this movie, I think just from the title, from the cover of the DVD or or VHS tape or whatever, I think when I look at it, I automatically think comedy. You know, and and a lot of times you you look at, you know, Tom Hanks and, and especially the history of Tom Hanks with Meg Ryan, you think romantic comedy, you think comedy. Um, and I think that's probably part of what doesn't work for me is you automatically kind of assume this is a comedy based on, you know, what the subject matter is and, and the way everything is kind of presented to you. And, and that's probably the, the corporate side of things of them playing up. Oh, Hey, uh, there was this guy that was in splash and big and, um, he's in this movie too. And it's called Joe versus the volcano. And that sounds ridiculous. It's going to be hilarious. And, mm. you know, I, I think that might be, what doesn't work for me in this movie is the ways that it would have been advertised and, and everything about the, you know, from the title to all those other pieces. And, and then when I go and I read, cause after the fact, after watching the movie, I did read uh, that kind of interview with the director and I wanted to, I wanted to read a couple of the paragraphs from this. Cause I think this kind of helps understand why it's not really, it might even be better to not think of this movie as a comedy. You know, mm-hmm. that it's, it has some funny moments, but it's not that. So I'll, I'll read a couple of the, couple of the stuff, a couple of things here that he said about it. Um, he said, uh, the contrast between the intimacy and droll humor of the story and the seeming enormity of the production is, I think, maybe what threw people about it. It's a small movie and a big movie at the same time. Another thing that's maybe off-putting is that it was described in reviews and press materials as a comedy, but it's not a funny ha-ha sort of comedy. People could come out of it and say, I don't know why they call that a comedy. I didn't laugh much, and a lot of it is sad. It's pretty serious in some scenes. And then he goes on to say, well, that's life. Some things are funny and some things aren't. And certainly one of the things I was doing was I was writing a story about a guy who had been traumatized. All the color had drained out of his life. He was working in this drab, drab place under oppressive lighting. And when he realizes he's going to die, when he realizes his own mortality, color starts to flood back into his life and continues to more and more so until he comes face to face with his mortality in the person of the volcano. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's, I think the, the part that doesn't work for me is automatically walking into it thinking I'm going to watch a comedy and having that expectation set in my own mind and then coming to this movie and then having to, having to readjust on the fly, realizing mm-hmm. well, it's not a comedy or if it is, it's a quirky comedy. Mm-hmm. But I think the rest of it, I think the rest of it works fine for me. I think it's got a lot of yeah. bits and pieces that, um, you know, really pay tribute to older movies and an older way of filmmaking. Um, you know, it's, it's really it's just some of those scenes where they're on the, uh, where they're on the trunks in the ocean. And I, we even talked to the kids about this. They were like, how would they film a scene like that? Cause they wouldn't go out in the ocean and do that. I was like, no, there's probably some massive tank somewhere at a movie studio. And that's, they film it on that kind of stuff and yeah um, or some kind of a you know backdrop that they've got so it makes it look like they're out in the middle of the ocean when really they're in somebody's swimming pool and um you know i i think i think that kind of stuff the, the more i learn about the different bits and pieces that were in this movie that kind of pay tribute to an older style of filmmaking and an older style of movie that it makes me appreciate this movie even more again it's it's not going to be one i'm probably not going to watch this movie again um mm-hmm. or, or if i do it'll be you know decades from now when i'm like oh hey it's been 30 years since i watched joe versus the volcano and then i'll pull out my you know whatever kind of implants we plug into our heads at that point to watch movies 
and watch this movie. But I, it's it's a quirky, fun little movie. Um, yeah, I don't think other than that, there's not a whole lot that doesn't work for me in this one. I think Meg Ryan is hilarious. Like playing those three different parts, I think she's hilarious yes. in this. And and that's that could be yes. probably one of my favorite parts of the whole movie. You could, you know, Pat, I, I'll take the other way around. You could even replace Tom Hanks with somebody else. Mm-hmm. But I think her part, where she plays those three different parts, I think that's that's hilarious. That, to yeah. me, I wouldn't change that part of the movie. I could put a different lead actor in that role and still be okay with it. You know, mm-hmm. I think Tom Tom Hanks is probably, given given the time and given his, you know, his up and coming status at that point, I, I think he's probably the best person for it. But um, yeah. I think her, her in particular, those three parts she plays are hilarious. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It, you can't argue with that. Can't argue with it. And Bo, to your point, I, I would have liked to have spent more time with some of those characters. If this movie is trying to teach you something, what do you think this movie is trying to teach you? Other than buy really good luggage. Get a second opinion. <laughs> yeah. That's important. <laughs> I think, you know, I feel like, I feel like that's the lesson we've learned from our last two movies. You know, last week yeah. was, Rock, was Rocky five. Yeah. And, and this week, you know, when Rocky was diagnosed with a brain cloud and um, a brain cloud and, and, and then we have this movie and like, you know, uh, yeah, I might've gone to see another doctor. Yeah. Yeah. I just feel like I get what Bo's saying with the get a second opinion. I, I don't have much more to take out of it other than just, you know, kind of his his message it was kind of on the nose there through the whole movie but it was it was uh you know live life to its fullest live life don't yeah. just work that's, a, that's know. a very good one do we have a do we have a favorite scene in the movie well mine's mine's easy i'm gonna jump in and say the fishing scene with good loving i mean that was sure you know i actually really like it it's not a it's not a funny scene at all and i think that's where if i was going to go back and rewatch this movie i think i would go back in to rewatch this movie setting the expectation in my mind that it's not a comedy and rewatch okay. it and rewatch it that way. But I think one of my favorite scenes is when, you know, she's, she's either passed out or been in a coma and they've been floating on the ocean for a while now. And it's the time where he sees the moon and it's just huge. And he's just, and I, I forget exactly what he says, but he's just like, thank you. He's like, thank you for my life. Thank you. He says this very emotional moment, almost like this epiphany, um, mm-hmm. you know, of what he's, what he's let go wrong in his life and, and how he's kind of starting to put things back on the right path now granted he's about to jump in a volcano but you know he's at least trying to put things on the back on the right path and he's got a better perspective on you know what life really should be about so mm-hmm. i think visually and you know in terms of the acting performance that might be one of my favorite scenes in the movie yeah i i do love when they when they first get to the island like that part's hilarious too but yes dramatically i think maybe that scene with the with the moon i think for me it's the it's the the moment from the moment where Marshall stops the the limo mm-hmm. to when he drops him off at the plaza. It's that yeah. sequence there yeah. where he's talking to him about clothes and then mm-hmm. and they go get suits together and then he, you know, just that's fun where Joe gets to have his pretty woman moment before mm-hmm. he goes to jump in the volcano. And I honestly, I don't remember what the actor's name was, but I mean, that guy was funny. Like, well, I can't tell you who you want to be right. like, you know, like his whole, he's like, hold on a second. What are I'm you doing? To, I'm, paid, I'm paid to drive you around. <laughs> yeah. I, I can't tell you who you are. I do that all the time. I just figured that was the best line. I just took my entire life to figure out who I am and mm-hmm. I'm tired. Okay. Hold on a second. What are you doing? <laughs> I'm coming back there. I'm coming back there. That, that whole, you know, was just so cool. Uh, Ossie Davis was that actor's name. Okay. Mm-hmm. Or maybe the scene where he finally snaps and, le- and quits. Mm-hmm. 
you know, that's good too. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if you noticed that the, um, there's different bits and pieces in that early part of the movie. The lamp in particular that he has in the office um, is supposed to have scenery on it. That is, that will take place in the rest of the movie. Like the lampshade, I think has like a volcano has an Island on it. Uh, I, I didn't notice a, that a boat on it and some other stuff, but yeah, there's like little, so when I'm and not having remembered everything about this movie, as I'm watching the beginning of it, I'm like, yeah, there's all these little tiny elements here and there that I feel like are going to pop back up later. I wonder if this whole movie is a dream. Like I was trying to remember, is this whole thing a dream? Like, is he imagining all of it thinking that he's going to die? And then at the end, we're going to find out it was a dream. And so that kind of, I was wondering that at the beginning too, but no, it was just little, little bits and pieces here and there that were kind of foreshadowing what was going to be coming later on. It's fun. It's not uh, it's, it's not an earth shattering movie. It's not, um, you know, I may not change your perspective on life or anything like that, but I just feel like it's, it's fun. It's different. You know, so it's, I feel like if you're, if you want to get something that's maybe just a little bit outside the mold, um, you know, it's not a bad one to check out, especially if you're a Tom Hanks fan. This is definitely one, if you haven't seen before, definitely one you should check out. It is the first time Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan are together and they will obviously be together later on for, um, what is it? Sleepless in Seattle. You've got mail. Um, is that it? I feel like there was maybe one more in there. Well, maybe that's it. Um, Seattle, that's you, it. You know. Yeah, I want yeah. there to be one more also, though. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that may be it. But uh, yeah, no, so I, check it out. If you haven't seen this one before, check it out. Don't necessarily go into it thinking it's going to be a romantic comedy like the rest of their movies together. Um, mm-hmm. You know, just take it take it for what it is. It's, a, it's an interesting, quirky little movie. Yeah, and sometimes you just need an interesting, quirky little mm-hmm. movie. Not every movie needs to be, you know, whatever fantastic well hashed out plot excellent you know like i mean it just sometimes it's okay just to kind of relax and have a quirky little movie you yeah. know yeah um i feel like i will jump into our three questions i feel like you know, i mentioned i kind of compared this one to brazil in some ways you know visually and how it doesn't quite fit in with other types of movies um i mm-hmm. think of the movie what dreams may come Oh, like, okay. There, yeah. It's in some ways this kind of reminds me of that movie too because and I feel like What Dreams May Come also did not do as well with box office and critics because I feel like that's another movie where I really my wife and I love that movie. Like that's one of our favorite movies. Um but I feel like a lot of people just didn't understand it. Like it it dealt with some weighty material, but it also had Robin Williams and it has some really funny bits in it. And so I feel like some people may have gone into it thinking, "Ha, Robin Williams movie about the afterlife." Well, it's not what you were thinking. No, <laughs> right. Not quite. So I wonder if, I wonder if movies like that, that are just a little bit outside the mold, that's why they don't do well because people go in with their kind of preconceived notions of this is going to be hilarious and it's not, and that's not what it was intended to be. So I, I don't know. It, it made me think of that movie too. When I was thinking of kind of what else to compare this to. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. Let's do three questions. He asks each traveler five questions. Three questions. Three questions. It's impossible to answer. Impossible because you don't know the answer. Nobody could answer that question. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points 
and may God have mercy on your soul. Question number one, if you were given a credit card with no limit to buy clothes, where would you go shopping? Just to buy clothes? I Yeah, just, just clothes. Now, I, I did get quite, when I asked my kids these questions, I did get uh, follow-up uh, clarifications. They're like, wait a minute. Um, so Nora was like, wait a minute. So if I go to the Justice Store, they sell clothes, but they also sell a lot of other stuff too. Can I buy other things while I'm there? <laughs> I, I sure i guess it's fine but to, to which then you know sharon did reply well wait a minute i think they sell subaru t-shirts at the dealership um if i go buy a subaru t-shirt can i also use my car to buy a car like, that might be a little bit of a stretch but yeah we're trying to like what is this is you know wishing for so, more wishes and you know all right, that kind of stuff right right so yes yeah, so you're, you're buying clothing of some kind okay where do you go when you buy clothes <sighs> Or if you had, or if you, if you had, if you had no. no limit, right? Yeah. Um, well, you know, you said no limit, so I'm thinking, you know, you you probably a gentleman needs a nice suit. You got to go to Brooks Brothers and get yourself a really nice suit, or um, and see, it starts there. You end up at uh, I don't even know where you buy really fancy guys' clothes. Is that bad? <laughs> I don't know what no, these I've... stores are called. Brooks Brothers probably doesn't even exist anymore, for all I know. Well, you'd have to be like when he got in the car with it. He's like, where would you go shopping? Take me there. So you just, you know. Right. Yeah, well, I'm with you, man. I, I mean, yeah, I need a nice suit and maybe a couple nice suits for when there's concerts and other well, nice Well, you know, if you're, if you're going on this, this, this sea voyage, you probably need, not only do you need a nice suit, but you probably also need a nice linen suit. Yeah, yeah. you need something for the boat, you know. Yep, um, nope, I agree. And then, uh, you know, you need swimming, swimming, Probably and, some some Bruno Mali deck shoes, right? I yeah, mean, yep. And um, then, um, I mean, I like you know, like I've said before, I I like to run, so I'd have running gear, you know, like that would be fine. And then the rest of it for me, I kind of tend to wear the same thing, so I'd probably just get you know a whole bunch of cargo shorts, a whole bunch of black t-shirts, maybe a black like you know one of those little like uh, pullover things, you know, a couple of those, and then I don't know long pants cargo pants khaki colored cargo pants something slimming would be nice uh, <laughs> yeah i um I, I i just tend to do the same thing and i've kind of started converting like when you look in my closet now like it's just it's like all like 10 12 pairs of khaki pants and like 10 or 12 black button-down shirts and then 10 or 12 you know i just have the same stuff in there so i just find that easiest so i i might have the boring answer to this question but you know no, I, I think I got a pretty boring answer too. I'm I'm not necessarily a, a clothes person. Like I don't. Yeah. We don't have. We have a live in a small house. We have pretty small closets. So I'm like, right, you know, I, I I got what I need, and clothes shopping is not. I was dragged to many a TJ Maxx, you know, as a kid by my mom, and so clothes shopping is not something that I really ever look forward to. Mm-hmm. So I I have you know part of my answer is is the boring answer of pretty much everything I buy comes from Kohl's. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if, if I'm looking for something maybe even a little bit nicer, a little bit dressier, um, you know, I can find that there. I can find, you know, workout stuff. I can find, you know, if I need a new Superman t-shirt because the four that I have have all worn out, I right. can find that there too. I can, you know, whatever I need. So that's kind of the boring answer is, you know, I'm not, I'm not picking anything that's on Rodeo Drive and, you know, right. going in and, and buying, you know. Mistake. A, right. Big Huge. Mistake. You work on your yeah. mission? Big mistake. Huge. Um no, I, I, I mean, I could, I could spend an obscene amount of money, 
in in Coles. And how mm-hmm. obscene are we talking? <laughs> <laughs> That's um, awesome. So, but I, I did actually have a little bit of a better answer because I was like, that's kind of a boring answer. Let's go with something else. All right. um, as, as you guys know, my family and I, we like to go to the comic book shows, uh, which given, given viruses and everything else may never happen ever again. But right. um, I, I feel like the nerds are prepared because we all wear masks anyway. Mm-hmm. But um, if I had an unlimited credit card and I could go somewhere to buy items of clothing, there is a costume store in Austin, Texas that I found that's called Lucy in Disguise with Diamonds. <laughs> ah, I love nice. it already. And it is all costume. It's costume rental, costume purchase. It's any and just like random clothes on the rack, so you could just kind of pick and choose and make your own costumes. And but I mean, they've got they've got stuff from like you know just make your own stuff with this mixture of things on up to just fancy costumes and masks and, and all kinds of stuff everywhere. So I don't know if I had a I've already got everything I need in my closet. So if I had a no limit credit card, I might go there. Right. Get myself decked out for every Halloween and comic book comic book show from here until the end of time. Right. Nice. Right. So, question number two: If you're going on a sea voyage somewhere, where would you go? And I'm going to specify here, as I had to do with my children, California is not somewhere you go on a sea voyage. <laughs> <laughs> the responses I got were California, Florida, Mexico. I was like, okay, well, we can get to Mexico without going on a boat. I'm thinking more of like an island or Nora's response was once again, well, I'm just going for the food. So I want to go to Spain or Mexico, wherever they have churros. Okay. <laughs> nice. Churros. So my answer, I don't know that I have too many island places. I'm not necessarily an island person. Um, I mean, I'll take a boat to Scotland. That, that's totally fine. But um, this time around, I said, you know what? I'm going to head in a different direction. I'm going to go to an island. I have never been to New Zealand, and I would love to see there New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually have a couple of relatives that are from New Zealand, and I've always wanted to see you know, some of the locations they did for Lord of the Rings and stuff like that. So I, I think that would be fun. So I would take a sea voyage to New Zealand. All right. Uh, nice. my, lo- my lovely wife would go back on a, um, I think after eighth grade, she and her family went on a, an Alaskan cruise, and she said she'd do that again. Okay. I think I'd like to cruise the Mediterranean a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Greece, Italy, Egypt. Yeah. That's sort of like the whole, like the whole thing. <laughs> hit up, hit up all the nude beaches. Yeah, sure. Okay. You know, why That's not? It, you can do that. It's you a big body that. of water. I think, uh, I think there's a lot of places to stop and visit. Yeah. That's it, man. Um, I, for me, I would not have a destination. It would be like, I'll mm. just go sail to wherever I end up. You know? Out there. Yeah. I think that way. Exactly. <laughs> second Ex- start, second start of the right. And- straight on till morning. And, uh, I think, uh, I think that would be my thing. And it's like, man, that Mediterranean, that sounds pretty cool. Hey, so does New Zealand. So does going to Ireland. So does going to Hawaii. So does the Caribbean. So, you know, so I just, for me, it would just be like, all right, we're just going to, we're just going to shut down and sell and all this. And we're just going to move on to the boat full time. So that would be, that would be my answer. That sounds good to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. At this point, I'd be okay with anything that has no Wi-Fi or any kind of connectivity at all. Yeah. I think <laughs> let's just, let's just, yeah, that's it guys. Uh, we did have on Twitter at Jason Colvin at J Colvin 24 uh, mm-hmm. said his favorite place on earth. And I, I'm hoping I'm pronouncing this correctly. Uh, Kauai, Hawaii. All right. 
All right. So I, th- I think he's commented before. I think that's where he and his wife went for their honeymoon. I believe. Oh, okay. Is what cool. he said, and, and he's you know he, a few of our other three questions he's sent in answers, and he's mentioned Hawaii. So it sounds like that's a that's a, a pretty important place for him. So that cool. was his response. Nice. All right. Question number three: What is your favorite movie, TV show, or story with the word "versus" in the title? And uh, I'll run through some of our responses that we got on on the social medias here real quick. Uh, mm-hmm. On Twitter, Jay Colvin twenty four said "Man versus Wild" with Bear Grylls. Okay. Uh, on Instagram, we had at Good Times Great Movies podcast said there's a two thousand Japanese film called "Versus," which I need to go check out. Apparently, it's on Tubi, so I'm going to go check that out here very very right. soon. Uh, apparently, it's a. It looks like if I, I glanced at it real quick, it's like a Japanese fighting zombie movie nice that's cool I, it was intriguing enough and it was on tubi so i'm like mm, okay I, yeah i don't i don't need sleep at some point nope uh let's see we also had um where did it go on twitter at tristan martin said okay so there's no verses in the title but in the same spirit he said there's been a year-long uh, superman versus batman comic book storyline that brings everyone in the dc universe together um i think it's been i think it's the uh, injustice it's based on the video game mm-hmm. the dc comics game uh brings in everybody in the dc universe and it ends up with superman versus he-man doesn't get any better than that i would be hard to imagine something topping that yeah uh, no joke Jeez. i am i am now very intrigued yeah no kidding man and we'll be finding that as soon as possible that's awesome so Gonna have to look that up at some point because that sounds pretty good. Yeah, that 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 does sound pretty cool. Um, let's see. Uh, you know, I think that was it for the Twitter folks. Oh, because the um, the Good Times Great Movies podcast they responded on Instagram and Twitter, so they were uh, on Twitter. They're at gtg uh, mm-hmm. gtgm cast, and on Instagram they're at Good Times Great Movies. All right. Okay. Uh, mine, I had to go back and forth on this a little bit because there's a few stories here and there that I enjoy that have the word versus in the title. I ended up choosing the comic book RoboCop versus Terminator. Oh, there you go. There you go. That is, that is one of my favorite comics. I almost went the Aliens versus Predator. Um, ended up going RoboCop versus Terminator. My first response at the dinner table when we were going through was jokingly Brown versus Board of Education. But, <laughs> you know, that's it's a good one, but it's not quite as compelling, I don't think, as RoboCop versus Terminator. Yeah, different, different in the different in different vein that one. Maybe slightly less violent, but you know, mm-hmm. depending on who you ask. Mm-hmm. I suppose that's true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so what have you gentlemen got? That has I chose I chose Ash versus Evil Dead. Nice. Mm-hmm. I probably should have gone with that. That one's pretty awesome because that was on my list too. I, I felt like I had talked about it a lot lately, so I was like, ah, let's let's do something else. But yeah, yeah. I went with Ford versus Ferrari. I figured that was coming. Yeah, that, does, that I, does not surprise me at all. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's pretty fantastic uh, race movie. But I like every. I think we got a good representation here mm-hmm. of what you know we all named. Yeah. Nice. All right. Well, I think that does it for Joe versus the volcano. That does it for our three questions. That does it for this movie this week. And uh, that's the start of our comedy month here in May. So if you want to join us back here next time, we're going to be doing My Blue Heaven. Uh, followed up with another 48 hours mm-hmm. and then arachnophobia and then our 300th special episode that will be coming up towards the end of this month. So if you want to come on back here over the next few weeks, that's what we got coming up ahead. Um, in the meantime, I hope that you gentlemen are staying safe out there and everybody's 
keeping their families safe and to all the listeners as well, that everybody's yeah. staying home, staying safe. And hopefully this all, this all ends soon, but ends well. And as it should, uh, yes. agreed. You know. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's all kinds of weird. It's, it's different. Mm-hmm. It's definitely different. So, but hopefully, I mean, if you're, if you're sitting at home or you're, whatever you're doing, hopefully if you found some good podcasts, maybe you listen to ours while you're doing some work or whatever. So hopefully we can, in these very strange times, we can bring a little bit of joy uh, into your life with our podcast. But um, so we hope everybody out there is doing well as well. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. So there it is. That's right. All right. Well, thank you all for joining us here this time around. Uh, again, next time we got My Blue Heaven is next week. So come on back here next week. Join us for that one. Thank you, gentlemen, for being here. Thank right. you, John. Thank you, John. Uh, in the meantime, be excellent to each other. Go watch some good movies. We'll see you back here next time. See ya. <laughs>